Hello everyone, a very special and warm welcome to you. Today we have a new edition of a new series Management Events is presenting to you in conversation with. My name is Jeroen Bademans and in those conversations I'm going to talk with the most prominent and inspiring business leaders from all over Europe, from all different sectors and from all different fields of expertises. We're not going to focus too much on the business side of their journeys, but on their personal journeys. What are their personal values? What makes them tick? What keeps them awake at night? To see what their personal drives is becoming a leader. So this is a unique moment to listen to a conversation with the most inspiring and prominent business leaders across Europe. And today we have a great kickoff of this In Conversation With series with Marguerite Soeterman-Reinen. She is chairman of the executive board at Aeon Holdings. Welcome Marguerite, nice to have you here in our living room in Amsterdam. Good you are here. Yeah. How do you feel today? Very nice, it's a pleasure to be with you. Great. Lovely great. day. Likewise, likewise. I read in an interview you start every day with a to-do list, that you check all the boxes during the day. Did you have a long list for today? Uh, yeah, quite a long list every day, but I also check in the evening before I go to bed what I've done and what I've not done. And that always leaves me with a good night of sleep. Although what always? keeps... Not always. Okay. What keeps me awake at the moment is we have a new puppy. So life is a little bit uh, unexpected with some of the awakenings uh, during the night, but uh, I'm very well. Thank you. So you have a, like a new baby in, exactly, uh, yeah. in town again. Yeah. So waking up at night, yeah. feeding. Yeah, so it's, but it's good to take care of others, I always say, and that whether it's in business or personal life, it does give another uh, dimension to how you deal with life. Yeah. yeah so it's nice, yeah. Great, Thank you. great. Thanks for, for being here. First, some, some, some things about you. You have a long life career at Aeon, 33 years, if I'm right. Almost, yes. Almost. Yes. Uh, but some, first, some things about yourself. What's your personal background? What's... Yeah, so I'm the eldest of a family of four, was raised in Eindhoven, which is uh, in the south of the Netherlands. Um, and, and the family were always, there were uh, intense discussions at the kitchen table. And it was clear that uh, uh, all of us were motivated by our parents to make sure we use our potential, which we all have done. Um, uh, and we've always made sure, I think our parents always made sure that education is a key element to make sure that we are able to uh, uh, reach our potential. Uh, and after that, of course, as you know, I have uh, uh, done a law studies in Rotterdam and started working in insurance uh, and have in indeed ever since been uh, working for the same company, Aeon, uh, and one of the predecessors. Mm -hmm. um, and that's always been very interesting because especially, you know, you see lots of changes nowadays, the young people change a lot of jobs, but especially if you've been with the company so long, you're also able to, you know, you get the ups and the downs of how things develop. Mm -hmm. And it always has brought me a huge learning curve, which I think is important to mention. Yeah. And for a moment, let's get back to the kitchen table and you're in Eindhoven. Yeah. You said there was a lot of discussion always going on, a lot of talks, a lot of exchange of viewpoints. What do you really remember? What, what did you really take out of that? I think that I've learned at a very young age that the one who shouts the hardest is not always the one with the, the best or the most profound opinion. So we've learned but you, to. But you, you try to shout. I've tried. Well, we all, you know, yeah. we all try to to <laughs> to be, you know. And you learn very quickly with four siblings and with parents who are pretty uh, intelligent to know that uh, that you need to, to make the right arguments um, in case you want to make your point. 
Uh, we've learned that all at a young age, which was quite, and it was challenging, but I think that's good of a family is, yeah. uh, to learn from an early age. Do you remember a discussion you had at the kitchen table where you, while not shouting, was the winner of the, of the day? Now we've had plenty of them, so <laughs> to be honest, can't remember all the kinds of different topics. All kinds of different topics. Politics related, was it? Yeah. So we always we were uh, we've always been raised with papers. So I actually still have a lot of papers myself. Um, uh, and although of course a lot of the news is now online, um, uh, but we have three papers still at the house, and it's interesting to learn various perspectives. I think you know we'll talk about diversity of de definitely later on, but diversity of thought and opinion. It's really important for a leader to be aware of what's going on around you, what's happening. Uh, and it's interesting to take in those different views. Maybe it, they're not your views, but it's good to have the empathy, you know, and to live into other people's minds and to step in their worlds yeah. and to try to understand their worlds. But that, that takes a lot of time because you have to absorb a lot of information. You have to read, you have to listen, you really have to take time to do that, right? Yeah, and it takes, I think, uh, no, it's maybe not so much the time as the peace of mind to take it in. And what do you I always. No, it's, it's about that you take for yourself the time to really take it in. So, not that you have snap do it, but take in what's going on around me and how does it relate to what I do? Am mm. I still relevant in my business or not? Uh, and what's happening? And I think that if you, if you summarize this, there's so much change happening as we speak. And uh, it's important to make sure that you're aware of the change. And Jack Welch once said, if the pace of change outside your firm is faster than the pace of change within, the end is near. So whether that's in a family or whether that's in business, you need to take in what's happening. Uh, and I think we all know that uncertainty and the change we're being faced with, with the transparency uh, and the speed which it goes, is the new norm. So yeah. it's a new reality. Yeah. Uh, one more time, taking back to yeah. Eindhoven when you were a small little Marguerite. Yeah. What was your ambition at the time? I wanted to be a journalist. Oh, really? Yeah. So, um, uh, so my first, uh, and I had, I lived opposite the uh, the press officer of Philips. Ah. And when talking to him about whether I should pursue a career in journalism, he said, "Okay, just first go and study at the university, and then take a look how it relates." Uh, and so I indeed started studying at the university, and I never ended up in journalism. Um, when I was studying, I wanted to become a diplomat. I really have been keen to take a look what's going on, but I traveled to Geneva, Strasbourg and Brussels to take in what's happening there at all the international organizations. Um, and I think that's one of the moments in time where I was also looking at my character. I'm really a person who likes to do what I say and say what I do, and I would like to drive results. So um, I'm willing to be patient for long-term value creation, long-term results, uh, but I'm also to some extent Unpatient, you know, not patient enough because I would like to get something tangibly done today or tomorrow. Yeah, so there should be different moments in time exactly. before getting the long term yeah. result. There yeah. should be also short term results yeah. as well. So I like yeah. to see some tangible actions yeah. from time to yeah. time, yeah. Do you regret not becoming a journalist? I know, no, because actually at the moment, as you know, I'm very active at LinkedIn. I've developed a, a very fair strategy around my risk, which is my, 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 my work, my AON work, uh, diversity, which is my passion and leadership, which comes along with all the roles I have also next to Aeon. Um, and so I do write, uh, and I invite everyone to join because I do write from time to time really a lot of stories yes. about what I encounter, what I experience, and share that with everyone who would like to, would like to read it. So there's still a journalist within, inside. I, I, to be honest, I really think, somebody said to me a few weeks ago, Margaret, you should write a book. 
And I, but I would like to make sure if I write a book, I'm not sure. I would I think I would like to interview people. That so. would be a long-term result, right then, writing yeah, a book. No, I think what I would like to do is to interview some people and compare notes on what we perceive as what's going on in the world. Um, and there's lots of things going on in the world and how we deal with it as yeah. a human being. Yeah. I read in some interviews, because indeed you, you, you do a lot of different things, um, uh, speaking about your ambition, some, 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 some quotes, I want to reach the top. Play not to win, not not playing to lose. Yeah. Make the impossible possible. That really sounds like really strict, ambitious, driving for results. Yeah, so straight I, ahead. Yeah. Good point. So I think that first and foremost, when I was very young already in my first performance review, indeed my uh, my uh, boss at the time asked, "What did, what, did, what do you aspire?" And I said, "I would like to reach the top." The interesting part of a comment like that is, what is a definition of the top? And you should, we should also take it into a relative manner because it's very relative, you know. If you've reached something, I think for me the definition of a top is that I, I like to be challenged. So I'd like to be intellectually challenged and I like to learn. And that's always been a red, uh, yeah. a red line in my, my career. That also implies that the top for you is something different than the top for somebody else is. Yeah. Right? It's not the top being the CEO of a big international company. It's not, no, it's be. not being... Uh, being the prime minister, it's not being the leader of one of the biggest companies in the world. No, I think that what I would like to do is the things which I do, I would like to do with, uh, yeah, with the best intent. And, uh, and, and, and in that respect, also, I think, Jeroen, I'm an optimist. And I define an optimist as a person who sees in every difficulty an opportunity. Uh, and I'd like to be challenged. So there are people who like to live with the status quo. Um, that's, that's, not my, that's not my preferred uh, room. So if I'm the smartest in the room, I always say, I'm in the wrong room. Mm. Because then if you're the smartest in the room, you're in the wrong room. Then there's yeah. nothing for me to learn. Yeah. And I think also in my life, whether it's at the kitchen table to come back to that through, uh, at home and in my business life now, in my kitchen table at my own place now with my own children, and I have <laughs> it's to... Still, it's still engaging conversation. It's still engaging, yeah. and it's really interesting that, you know, that from time to time you're being challenged on things which for each and everyone who knows me in business is, is a given, and then my kids challenge me on those leadership skills and look at them like, you know, sorry, but your mom is... <laughs> I do seem to be doing something right because, but I think what the message is here is that if you, if you surround yourself by people willing to give some feedback on your performance or on how they perceive things, uh, and you're able to cope with that, uh, and also with the tough. That's messages. an important one. You're able to cope with. Yes, that, right? I think it's very important that we don't talk a lot about this, but uncomfortable conversations, whether at the kitchen table at home, whether in the office, whether at your, you know, it's really important to 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 lean in and to listen from them. How does that affect people around you? Because I can imagine that you're like a, a like a tornado going around and having challenging people have to be challenged. Yeah. So uh, I how think does it affect that, no, your? Yeah, I think that I think one of the skills which um, uh, which is important is to listen. I have to be. I have to say I'm very passionate. So and if I have something yes, in my mind, and I know where I want to go, um, I'm also keen to get there. Uh, I think one of the skills I've learned over the years, so somebody asked me recently, what have you learned? I think I've learned to deal with men in, in business. It's really funny to mention because I'm you know, very involved with diversity because we do tend to react different on certain situations. But I've also learned that the way to something is as important as the goal. So yeah. the road you take, the journey you make to take people along uh, and back to leadership in this respect, you know, um, often when I give my keynote speeches to large rooms, I ask, like, who does the, consider themselves to be a leader? And a lot of people raise their hands. And the one thing I've learned is that leadership is not something you can call upon yourself. 
it's because you have people following you because you initiate, motivate, mm -hmm. and do the right thing. And that's, uh, I think, my biggest lesson is to make sure that I look over the shoulder from time to time to take a look whether people still following me. Yeah. Do you consider yourself as a leader? Would you um, raise your hand in the room? No, I, I've learned not to. It's not to me You've to say. You've learned not to. I, it's it's uh, because it's it's uh, because when you're young, you think, oh, leadership is something I can call upon myself. No, it's something which other people. It's something which other people determine for you whether you're a leader, whether they want to follow you. But you do have a vision on leadership, I guess. You yeah, very much so. Yes. And what's what's the difference then? Being not well, not considering yourself as a leader, but having a vision on leadership. How do you? No, yeah, you, you, so it's, it's not about whether you consider yourself to be a leader or not. It's about whether other people consider you to be a leader. That's the key message. It's about putting not yourself-centric, but other people-centric. It's a, it's, a, it's a philosophical way of also yeah. looking at how you deal with people, one. Second, I think that if you take a look what makes a good leader, uh, there are many uh, very good writers who have written books about it. The one I really admire is Daniel Goleman. And he talks about five important things, which is self-awareness self-reflection. So are you able to cope with yourself? Are you able to also look in the mirror? Every morning I look in the mirror and look, okay, am I still doing the right things? Uh, empathy, social skills, and motivation. And what's important back to leadership, leadership is all about making sure you have the right strategy, which is doing the right thing, uh, and making sure that you do the execution, uh, doing the right thing well. Um, but if you ask me, uh, Marguerite, how has your success come across? Yeah. Um, good question. So I'm asking that to yeah, myself yeah, now. Yeah, good question. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll use the analogy, which is an interesting one, which I really think is a fun one too. Is that uh, a CEO was once asked by a journalist, "So, what's the secret of your success?" And the CEO answered to that journalist, "Like, I have two words, which is the right decisions." So the journalist was looking at the CEO and saying, "Like, how did you come and achieve those uh, right decisions? What brought you to the right decisions?" And the CEO answered, "Experience." And so then the last question he asked, like, how do you get to the right experience? And he says, like, taking the wrong decisions. And I think that's yeah. also the key of leadership. You know, it's about falling down and, again, uh, falling down and stepping yeah. up and learning. I hear a lot of reflection moments in your leadership journey to, to develop yourself as a leader. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about receiving, be open for feedback, yeah. uh, find the right people around you who are willing and daring to give you feedback. Yeah. Are you still in this in this reflection phase because you're you have a yeah, long think, lasting I think career that, I think that I've always I think that I've always been in the reflection phase because you've never learned everything in life, you know. Um, take a book of a philosopher and uh, uh, you name any philosopher, take a book, and I've had philosophy in my in my early school days, and then you're still looking at okay, there's still some worlds which you there's always something to learn. Uh, yeah. I think that it's about a mindset of willingness to learn. Um, yeah, and it's about allowing yourself to still to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, uh, and also, I think, just to, to make sure that the fun part is mentioned here as well, it's not to take yourself, you have to take your business seriously, but yourself not too much. Uh, yeah, because I also read, you said once before, you have being a good leader is to uh, also to know yourself very yeah. well. Yeah. To, but what does it exactly mean? Because you, people look at you as a leader, they see you as a, in a position being their leader of a company, of a team, or whatever. 
What does uh, it mean yeah, to you in I, practice? Yes, yeah, so I think often when you talk about leadership, the successes are being mentioned. And to be honest, if I have to, if I really am honest, the things where I've learned the most are the situations where I wasn't so successful, where I did something can you, wrong. Can you give us an example where you learned from the most? Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, there. There are many decisions where you make a decision where you think, okay, it's the right one, and then uh, afterwards you're being, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing, hey, this was not the right one, and because of state of the art information may differ from today till tomorrow to after tomorrow. I think what's the key of 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 all the speed and the change which you're seeing at the moment is that you learn how to fail smart and succeed early. And failing smart is something which in the beginning wasn't part of our DNA because we didn't want to fail, especially in a no. US company. It was not about failure, you need to be successful. It was all about, you know, the survival of the fittest. Telling, proving your successes, telling yeah. your successes. And I think to many of the entrepreneurs who are, who are present in this, in, this, in this conversation with um, uh, and listening to us will know that, you know, if you start with a company, and I'm also the, the president of a, a supervisory board of a startup, it's a lot about experimentation and, yeah. and trying and, and reiterating and etc. And uh, the only way to do that is to be modest and to learn and to be also to be to say I've not done it right. Yeah. And the example which I think is interesting for a lot of people also to listen to is that often you, um, uh, also with, with when you try to do things and you define a pilot and I've done this myself wrong. What I'm now going to say is we had a pilot on a certain app we wanted to develop, and the pilot was just sphere towards success mm. and if you sphere a pilot to success you're actually steering it into a certain direction and so you don't allow yourself to take a look what's not going right why are things not being picked up so you're not you're, you're too focused on on one way exactly yeah. so you're allowing yourself not to learn from what's the perception of other people yeah. or what's maybe and so these are the things where you know i've learned to have a more open mindset um and, I think and, and be open for feedback and, yeah, and, and, and make think, sure that you yeah. get the feedback as well. Yeah, let and me, let, let's jump to, to, to your, well, at least say one of your passions, diversity yeah. and inclusion. You told me that in your first, one of your first job interviews with the CEO, he asked you, what, where do you want to be? You said, I want to reach the top. Yeah. What was his reaction, you being a woman? And I can imagine this is that yeah. it was he may be surprised. Well, yeah, so this, uh, so this was uh, uh, 32, so I started 33 years ago, approximately now. So this was the first performance review I had. This was 32 years ago. I think lots and lots have changed. I think that um, um, I've never felt a glass ceiling. So this is some, I get often the question, what do you feel about, you know, women's rights, etc. I feel that we've too long accepted that there are some stereotyping about what we should or should not do in business mm -hmm. or how we should relate, yes or no. Um, but I've never felt, I married a pilot, you didn't mention it yet, but I've married a pilot and the sky's the limit. So I've never felt, uh, uh, some people ask me, do you perceive that there's a glass ceiling? And I've always said no. And the reason why I say no is back to philosophy again. If you, uh, if you put a glass ceiling in your own mind, you've already limited yourself. Yeah. You do it yourself. So if other people call things a glass ceiling perfectly okay, I would never do it myself because I limit myself already by putting that barrier up here. I did experience in, the, in, in, in running the race in business, which I've done for the 33 years, I experienced a lot of hurdles. So back to diversity, act and inclusion. Uh, I always say why am I so passionate about it? Because I'd yeah. like to make sure other people stand on my shoulders and can take the baton in this race, which everybody's running, everybody runs his own race, but it's like an estafette, so it's also try to make other people 
uh, live from your experience. And you want to help other people. Yeah, and I don't want other people, yeah, indeed, I don't want other people to experience the hurdles. You know, I've been running through water and I've been hitting my head and I've been, uh, you know, falling down and stepping up. And I think we talk a lot about resilience. And for me, that resilience is what I often say, the Japanese verb is falling down seven times, eight times standing up. But if the successions, people come behind me, I don't want them to fall down because of the same reasons I no. did wrong. If I can if I can prevent it for them. Of course, they need to pave their own ways because that's clear. It's their journey, it's their race, it's whatever. Uh, but certain situations, especially back to uh, the environments where women were not yet perceived to be leaders, uh, I hope that we can make sure that those are in the past. Has it always been your personal drive? It, when you also when you were a small Marguerite, wanted to be a journalist, did you also have this view in mind i want to make sure that yeah. women have the same opportunities as men and yeah is it yeah i think my mom my mother worked um and uh so my parents were both working parents uh and that was not always i we noticed my sister is also quite successful in business uh that there were always was always a tension about how other people perceived the fact that already those days that she was working and be aware that in the netherlands where i'm living and residing that uh, only uh, in the mid 50s and 50s yeah. women were allowed to work next beca because often when they were pregnant uh, it they were made redundant yeah. so at a certain period my mom was able to get a, to go work teaching and um, we've also ra been raised in a very gender neutral environment so my I'm the eldest and as soon as I was old enough to help my dad uh, you know changing the oil of his car I was helping him changing the oil of the car and he must took be, at that time must be a quite a surprising view to see if neighbors must have looked at what is she doing right is it yeah but i think so i think that the, the, i think the message here is that um and we need to be aware of this that you are raised in an environment and all of us are raised with in that respect with biases we talk a lot about unconscious bias but yeah. all of us have been raised in certain environments and at the moment the world is changing rapidly and the stereotyping we need to end. We need to take a look at, okay, what do you want to do yourself? So take a look at yourself and know yourself. This was the question. So I think it's important that you know yourself, that you also are honest to yourself and that you can take your true self to your work or to other things you want to do. And that you're uh, also allowed to take your whole self to your job and yeah. work. And this is what diversity, equity, and inclusion actually is about in companies and in work. For yeah. Me. You told me before that you do not, that it's not about male or female, yeah. but it's about values. Yeah. That's the key of how you look at diversity, right? And inclusion, is it? Yeah, so for me, it's it's about making sure that, so there are a few, few things to distinguish about the topic. So first, diversity, act and inclusion. Uh, diversity is looking at, you know, what are the current state of men, females, uh, but also uh, race, religion, generations, international, um, uh, things you can see from diversity, but there's also invisible diversity. Be aware of that. We don't mm -hmm. often talk about it. Uh, get the facts on that point right. So that's, you know, and that's being invited to the dance, as we say, being invited to the party. Uh, then inclusion is about getting the culture in your firm right. How do we make sure that people are truly allowed to be their true self? And that's about, you know, inviting the people not only to the party, but also to the dance floor. And then equity is about really making sure that there is really an atmosphere and a culture which is truly allowing you to be really truly yourself. So yeah. that would mean that if I take you to the party and to the dance floor and we are going to dance, that there is a number which you like to dance on I. If I like ACDC and you like Tina Turner, then, you know, 
we're sitting there, so we need to find something in between yeah. which is meeting our own and uh, both our expectations. A lot of our audience today are also leaders in business. Um, like you, you have a position to really change things, being in this position. Is there enough willingness to change among executive, among senior leadership in terms of diversity and inclusion? Yeah, I think I think we have to because uh, there are more than 100 reports written about uh, the, yeah. the profitability, innovation power of a diverse workforce. Uh, but next to that, it's also now more about, uh, so the business case for diversity is clear. You know, it's half of the population is female, uh, all different uh, diversities. Um, but still, we have a long way to go, right? Yeah, but I think to summarize this, we're all looking for fairness. And the point is with all of this is that uh, with the scarcity of talent, uh, the talent of this world is at the moment looking for companies who represent their values. And if you're not diverse, you know, people from a diverse background, which might be the perfect talent for your firm, are not willing to start working for you. No, exactly. And that was proven by uh, statistics from Randstad Work Monitor. Where, so, yeah, so it, it really becomes a business factor, even more than it was. You have, yeah, to, you yeah. have to be because you have to attract the right talent. Yeah. You have to do the right business. You have to uh, uh, be yeah. uh, the right company for your customers. Yeah. What would you... Briefly, briefly, what would be your advice for leaders in making sure that diversity and inclusion can take the next step, can, can, can be improved? Now, it's a huge opportunity, especially in this world where scarcity of labor is the big thing, and embrace it. Uh, and it's, it's a leadership issue. It's not an HR issue. Some people still talk it's about it. Like, it's a leadership yeah. issue. That's yeah. If you understand that and embrace it, and if you have, need help, just ask. There are plenty of people who can help you to go and... Yeah and get on the journey. Because again, that's also part of this open communication culture, yeah. be open for feedback. That also is yeah, reflected and I in think this, to, this to topic some, as well. I think you want to really important, so there's, a, there's awareness. It's like climate change. Everybody is aware of it. We yeah. need to act. So this is about going from intent to action. This is also in companies, tell your stories. There are a lot of good things happening, but tell them and share them. And there are also situations where you had positive intent, but maybe did not work out. Share that as well. It's about showing that you have good intent because that's what people are looking for. They're looking for a human factor. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's about amplifying voices. And all of us leaders here in the school, I think it's important to know that for them, it's essential uh, to embrace this. Yeah. Marguerite, um, you're the first one in this series in conversation with. My next guest will be Angela Cretu. She's the CEO of Avon. And we thought it would be nice that the, that the guests ask the first question for the other guests. So you have the, uh, the honor to be the first one to ask the next guest a question. Uh, what will be your question to, to Angela? Yeah, so I won't go into sustainability and beauty because she for sure will touch that topic to a great extent. There's a lot of things happening. Um, I'd like to ask her the question, is beauty compatible with intelligence? Is beauty compatible with intelligence? Yes. And I guess that's also from a perspective from diversity exactly. and equality. Okay, okay. Well, let's see what she is going to respond on that. Uh, very curious. And thanks for uh, putting up the first question of this conversation already. Um, back to you again. Uh, I asked you when you were a, a small Marguerite, what was your ambition? Becoming a journalist, uh, uh, maybe a diplomat as well. What is your ambition right now? Uh, I've already mentioned, I think I'd like to empower other people uh, to stand on our shoulders uh, uh, and to make really 
a tangible difference. So not it's not about intent, it's about action. And so I've already mentioned about it's this is about at the moment I think leadership is about doing the right things. It's not about doing things right, which is often about it's making sure that you lead the people, that you listen to your people, and that you embrace the change. And uh, yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah. Uh, but it's a new reality, and so and do it with a smile. I think that's also very important, you know. Yeah. Just live just your li live your day. And I love this quote from Einstein because we've talked about a journey. It's 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 Einstein once said. Albert Einstein said, you know, logic takes you from A to B, but imagination takes you everywhere and anywhere. Wow. And for me, it's also about to everyone on the on on, the, on today's podcast and on the call. You know, you know. Use also your imagination. Don't let yourself be limited uh, by, by your own thoughts. So I think the only uh, limitation to you realizing your, your tomorrow is your doubts of today. Yeah. So get rid your of them. doubts of today. Yeah. Thank you so much. I would love to have another hour with you, but we uh, have to stick to our time. Uh, unfortunately, I guess there will be a book in the near future yeah. somewhere, so people can read that. So, uh, learn more of your thoughts and ideas. I would like to thank you very, very much for this engaging in conversation with you and uh, hope to see you soon. And uh, thank you once again. Thank you, Ewan. And for you, the audience, thank you for watching this first In Conversation With. Um, I hope you had a, such a lovely conversation as I had. Hope to see you next conversation with Angela Cretu and uh, see you soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. <laughs>